Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy approach to non-monogamy. However, it's important to remember that everyone does it a little bit differently, and the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect our own. Additionally, we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please be aware that we aren't doctors or therapists. Consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on the show. Enjoy! Welcome to episode three of the Power of Witness series. Today, we have Jack and Jill on the hot seat. And I should mention, we're Finn and Emma, if you you didn't figure that out. And we have Catherine here with us, too. Uh, We're excited to bring you this third episode of Power of Witness. Right. So I wanted to go ahead and disclose with their permission that Jack and Jill have worked with me privately um, for about a year, a little over a year. And they also were in my first Power of Witness cohort. So I've had the chance to do a lot of work with them. And so it was fun to the rest of these couples. This was a new experience with, um, with working with them. But Jack and Jill, we have some history. So you'll probably hear that. You'll hear some of the rapport. I will also mention that Jack wrote me before and said, dude, we both have colds. We feel terrible. We're on cold medicine. We're going to do the best we can. And so you may hear me teasing him a bit about that. He, they definitely were sharing afterwards that they felt a bit foggy headed, more foggy headed than normal. But I think you'll be impressed even more to know that when you hear the kind of work that they commit to every time they show up with me, they bring it. Even with colds and on cold medicines, you're going to hear some exciting work that they where we look at their unconscious commitments, how their lizard brain, which is the very basic drive for survival part of their brain, has been potentially holding them back from some of the things that they want to consciously commit to, meaning the, the front of their brain, the most adult part, the most highly evolved part of the brain, that those two parts of the brain might have, have, have sometimes been in conflict, which could be getting in the way of them meeting their goals. It's an exciting episode. And I also wanted to mention, if you haven't had a chance yet, it is helpful to go back and listen to their interviews on our show. You can listen to that on episode 97 or Focus Fridays 1.7. They're on both of those episodes. So not required, but could be really helpful background. Yeah. And if you want to check out any of the resources that Catherine mentions throughout this episode and uh, resources that get assigned to uh, Jack and Jill during this, uh, there are show notes for this, just like there are from all of our episodes. If you head over to our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com and click on the resources tab, you'll see a link there for Power of Witness. Or if you just go down in the, the show notes of your podcast app. Uh, There are a direct link over there as well. And while you are there, uh, if you are interested in doing something like this, this group coaching, this power of witness, uh, Catherine is running two cohorts of this that are private. They are not going to be on our podcast. (laughs) So this will just be you and the other couples who are part of the cohort. Uh, Links to learn more about those in February and March are... And beyond. And beyond are in the show notes. So Check that out. We appreciate it. And we hope you enjoy this conversation with Jack and Jill. All right. Welcome, everybody. Hot seat number two. We have Jack and Jill up tonight. So Jack and Jill, we have talked a bit over the week about what you want to talk about. But let's, um, if you'll give everybody an idea about what you're hoping we can just do our usual questions. What do you want to talk about? And what are you hoping to get out of this time on the hot seat? 
So one direction we talked about going tonight was, was how we started out our marriage 19 years ago with the, with vows about submission and, um, you know, for me being completely dependent on Jack and the, the restrictions or the commitments that we had made and how we are now 19 years later, like still trying to unravel or, or re re find our way through those past commitments. Mm -hmm. Okay. Both, right. yeah, both the, the spoken and the unspoken commitments and contracts. Mm -hmm. And, and the, with, with that, um, Jill, remember you were saying that sort of implicit in that contract 19 years ago with those vows of submission is that it set it up officially for Jack to be the gas and for you to be the break. And now you're trying to unlearn that a bit and bring a bit more equality, but you've been in this, this pattern for a long time. Perfect. Catherine, you absolutely, um, <laughs> you brought it all together. <laughs> you two are taking cold medicine, aren't you? <laughs> Not even that kind of cold medicine. <laughs> Uh, all right <laughs> all right so let's um as we so we're going to talk about the the gas and break but we're going to talk about it in the context of um the vows that you made and unwinding or a kind of um untangling yourself from those vows and and coming at this with or maybe looking at your your vows or your commitments to each other in new lights yeah so any particular thing that you want to make sure that you get out of this or any ways you want me to hold you accountable or mirrors you want me to hold up for you? Um, hold me accountable. And I, I, I like to mask in humor mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then talking over Jill. If it's not going down, right. Okay. Anything about this particular issue that you, that you want to make sure that you're asking me to look for? And you can say no or pass if you don't have any. Just wanting to yeah, give you the offer. Coming up. Okay. How about for you, Jill? Anything in that realm? Um, for me, it's always don't let me go silent. Mm -hmm. And I loved what you had mentioned earlier to us about you know digging into the subcon. I can't remember exactly how you worded it, but digging into the subconscious of these past commitments that still hold us and keep us from being, from being free in our new or making new commitments. So that would sort of be my, what you want to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Great. Okay. Very clear. Um, okay. So why don't you, um, is there, I mean, I think we can all probably from your previous episodes, have, we all have an idea about what sort of vows you all took of submission and, or you took of submission and, and then Jack being the one that supported you and was responsible. Is there anything about, about those vows or how you all particularly lived them that you feel like you want to say now that would just help give us context? 
anything. Let's actually, let's do this. What about that? Those vows has worked. What did you like? Um, Through sickness and health for richer, for poorer. Those, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's been good. Maybe more specifically, since we're talking about this, it seems like from what you were saying earlier that the, the, the area that you're really digging on or the part that doesn't feel as comfortable anymore is about the submission and the being dependent. So is there anything about the submission and the dependent part of the vows that did serve you or wasn't so bad? So in the past, I would say that for me, the submission served me or served our relationship because it kept us safe inside the conservative circles that we ran in. For me to have been independent would have destroyed um, our standing and our home very quickly. Mm -hmm. So we needed, um, I always said that Jack loved me just as I was, as long as the front door was shut. But once we got into public, he, we, he, we needed to present this, um, this aura, this front that I was submissive. He was dominant. He was the leader, the head of the home, the spiritual guide, what have you. And it served us very well because it kept us in the tribe. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as we know, keeping us in the tribe is a really strong motivator for our lizard brain. So for those of you that, that maybe don't know this terminology, this is what I call the brainstem or the, the part of us that really is just looking for, you know, making sure that we're fed and we have water and shelter. And uh, as infants, we are absolutely hundred percent dependent on caregivers tribe and that is deep and old. And so this um, keeping you in the tribe if it served to keep you in the tribe, then you've got some pretty serious buy-in to these vows and the way that they served you in the oldest part of your brain. Okay. Yes. So we need to definitely ping that. Um, Jack, for you, any, um, <laughs> any ways that, that these vows, and when I say serve you, I mean, I, I know in your, in one of your episodes, I'm not going to lie, like somebody bringing me food and I get to eat it and then I get to go sit and watch TV while they clean it up. I mean, that would serve me. I kind of like that. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> I don't mean serve you like that. But are you? Are there any ways in the, that that construct did work for your relationship or, or worked with your particular personality types or any ways that it served, let's say served your relationship instead of served you? <laughs> so I think, I think that, our vows served our relationship from my, from my point of view in that it gave us a framework when we weren't mature enough to have Mm -hmm. to do this adulting 2.0 thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it was a, it was a cookie cutter approach Mm -hmm. and it's not something that I would want to continue, but you know, for, for where we came from, for where we started out at it, it worked 
really it worked fairly well, mm-hmm. especially in that context. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So it gave you structure when mm-hmm. you didn't have the maturity or the experience or the skills maybe to keep it in the rails otherwise, keep it on the yep. rails otherwise. Okay. All right, great. So I think it's very important. And, and in the follow-up, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a, f- a few podcasts to listen to. Um, one in particular is coming to my mind about it's called why don't, why can't I change or why don't I change? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And have you, do you, have you listened to this one the, yes. with Aubrey and Marcus? Um, and I love this, this concept and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the, um, psychologist name um, at the moment, but I'll put it, we'll put it in the show notes. He discusses this idea about how, if we, if there's something we want to let go of until we acknowledge it and thank it for its purpose, it's not going anywhere. And we also, I mean, I know it's easy for us on with you. I know I hear it in your, in your voice sometimes, Joe, when you talk about this, like this eye roll of like, yeah, I said I would submit and uh, he could, he could be the leader and he could control like whatever. That's so crazy. But you know what? You did make that vow and it, there was a reason it was adaptive and helpful and, sub- and supported you in some way. And so to just roll your eyes and be like, get out of town here. Isn't, isn't giving that commitment. It's due, if you will. Right. Um, okay. So let's also talk about going from the way that those vows did serve you what are you wanting now? What, what sort of, as you think about crafting this without a framework two point adulting 2.0, where you get to write, write it yourself, you know, Harold and the purple crayon, you get to, you get to draw what's going to be on the next page. You get to craft this, which can be kind of scary. You know, like it's not just that prefab framework. What do you want? How does this look? And specifically around this gas break, submissive, control, dependent, that, that realm that you're wanting to stay in. So I think it would start with the, the premise that there is no hierarchy or power dynamic in our relationship or in the way that, that I view humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there is no, there is no one that is more worthy or something like that, or mm-hmm. there is no hierarchy and, value um i think that it there would be there'd be that um and then also to craft it towards our own like we do have strengths like you probably don't want to put me in charge of the roast beef sunday <laughs> for sunday lunch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so sort of a divide and conquer but not necessarily down gender lines or traditional gender right. roles or marital gender roles that you, that your um, first framework had, but you still like maybe part of what you would take from it is that it can be divide and conquer. It it isn't like you have to be able to cook a roast beef as well as Jill. Right. Is that fair enough? You know, and I'm going to add on to that. I just heard Jack say something that, um, kind of hit a light bulb for me. Um, that there'd be no power dynamic or hierarchy. You know, I, I think for me in that, 
isn't that how do I how do I put this into words because <laughs> the light bulb went on I have to give myself the permission to to be an equal mm. and and I think what you said in the beginning about not just giving this an eye roll but actually thanking the past something and I'm probably not being very clear here. Like it'll come out in a week and a half from now <laughs> what I really want to be saying. But what I heard Jack say wasn't about him. It was about me giving myself permission to step up beside him. Mm-hmm. Okay. What has held you back from doing that? I'm going to say other than the obvious vowels, is there any fear in stepping up? <laughs> um so that was funny (laughs) you just can't read my brain yet (laughs) please bring us into this joke (laughs) well absolutely the fear so i've always said that inside the patriarchy it's not only the patriarchy who gets well served and i call it the matriarchy also gets served. And the way that I was served in that paradigm is that I don't have to take responsibility for massive, for, for decisions. I don't have to, I can always deflect on Jack when it comes to big financial or big, bigger life decisions. Well, cause he's the head. Mm-hmm. So that makes me less, I can weasel out of, um, the responsibility of big decisions. And when I think about what has kept me from stepping up, it's fear of owning that same platform, that same position, that those same responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Because if they go poorly, then what? Then I'm a failure, and the and the the failure of it comes back on me because I made the decision. Whereas if I can deflect that onto my man, then I don't have to face. I don't have to look that failure straight in the eye, okay. or what what I will feel as a failure. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, I think there are a couple of things that I want to. Well, actually, um, Jack, what is it? How does that feel for you to hear Jill say it like that? Yeah, I, I think I've known that. Um, and I'll keep holding space for her in that. Sorry, that wasn't clear to me. Can you say that a different way? Well, <clears throat> I mean, this is, this is stuff that we've talked about between the two of us mm-hmm. and I've, I've sensed these things before. Mm-hmm. Um, Let me say it. Let me maybe go a different way. How has it felt for you to have to bear all the responsibility to watch her weasel out? And, or how does it feel to hear her own that and acknowledge it? I mean, yeah, it's been frustrating at times when she's weaseled out, but I, I guess I would, I trust the, the bigger traje- trajectory. Um, it's rare that she weasels out. Um, 
but it, I'm, I'm excited to, to make this conscious and to, to work up a new standard or <laughs> I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not big on vows, <laughs> mm-hmm. but best practices or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to turn the heat up a little bit on, on your, your seat uh, there, Jill. When you talked about, you know, not having to take responsibility for big decisions, this is where I've got history with you guys. So I'm going to pull back some history here. But we've also talked about times and ways that you've relinquished the responsibility for a small decision or not been noncommittal or said, oh, sure, I'll go, but then get a migraine. Or, you know, like that, that it's not just about, are we going to buy this house or not? That there have been times where this role of being the brakes or being submissive. And these are things that you've come to me saying, this isn't working in our relationship. But I think it, I just want to tie that back that it seems like that certainly could be part of what set up that dynamic. So they're nodding for those, those okay. of you that, that in the All studio right. audience. Yeah, they're, that, that's a light bulb moment for me. Can I say more? Well, yeah, I think that's, that's where I really get frustrated is in times like that. Mm-hmm. Say more about the times and the frustration and how it impacts you. Well, like when you, when you give that half-hearted yes and I go with it because you did say yes and, you know, I, I follow my gut and I'm not going to sit there and hound you to death making sure, you know, are you sure, are, are you sure, are you sure I go with it? And let me hold you accountable for a second because you really wanted her to say yes and you want to do the thing yes. she said okay. that, the yes, yes to. Yes. <laughs> But then it feels like, uh, and and we've talked about this before, but like this whole consensual non-monogamy journey is about connection between you and I. And then when I can't trust, when I can't trust your yes, that feels like a break in connection. And that's when it's really tough mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. So Jill is nodding. And it looks like the wheels are turning. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, the, the, the wheels are, um, there's smoke curling out my ears. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the past, you needed me to say yes. Mm-hmm. Every time. That's true. And that's fair. For me to have said no would have not been okay. In what way? Because of the old framework? Yes. Well, and I think, yeah, just, I think it's also just that immaturity of, you know, I'll be happy if, you know, that like happiness is always the next, whatever's in front of us, you know? Well, and I'm thinking back specifically to like, cause this is really going deep for me. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm thinking back to, to certain circumstances in our life inside that really conservative world where I did stand up and I said, no, and, <laughs> and this is not a reflection of you because I know your heart, but you pretty much, your feet were to the fire. My feet were to the fire. And you're like, girl, get your yes pants on and do it now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just computing how, <laughs> how that has left me so at war. Like now he wants me to say my truth. And yet my subconscious says I've said it in the past mm-hmm. and that didn't work either. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned that to you because this, um, when we talked a little bit earlier this morning is that for me to step into, into independence and a confident decision-making it's left me, it's left me at war. And I, I'm just, And is it, um, I can see how it could be pretty easy to project that war or frustration, but I'm, I, you know, shocker, I go to characters and wonder about which characters are at war, which character, the character that says, whoa, 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 I've said my truth and that didn't work. That part sounds really scared and like she needs to understand that the game has changed and she doesn't maybe understand that the game has changed. I would name that adaptive child, like that kind of, you know, protector that's the young, younger protector that says, you know, fold yourself into a pretzel, go along to get along, do what everybody needs you to do, bend over backwards for everybody, be what everybody else needs you to be, people pleasing. That's that's what I'm hearing is, is the adaptive child saying, whoa, 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 girl. Remember that time when you said no and you got in trouble and you needed to put your yes pants on and I know how to put the yes pants on and we better keep those yes pants on because it served us. It didn't, we, we, were, we, were still in the, we were still in the tribe and my man is still with me. So this must be what I need to do. That's what I'm hearing. Is there a different flavor of, of part for you or how does that resonate? No, I, I think that's, um, I think that's, that's right. Um, yeah. I had a lot going on in my brain. Let's do it this way. Cause I gave you words through some noodles against the wall there. <laughs> Maybe you could say it from the adaptive child. Like what, what would your, when you talk about, okay, so he, he wants me to, he wants me to be honest and he wants to hear honest nose, but then there's this other thing. What can you, can you give voice to what this other, this other part of you is saying in your own words and with, with your paradigm and understanding? Boy, I'm drawing a blank on that. Just how exactly to put that into words. I'm going to make your job really difficult here. <laughs> That's okay. Let me ask it in a different way and see if it helps. Um, when Jack says, 
I just want you to be honest with me. You can tell me no. You talk about being at war, Jill. Could you give voice to the, the parts that are at war? What they're saying to each other? Probably the best phrase I can put out there is damned if I do and damned if I don't. Mm-hmm. Like I'm damned if I say yes and I'm damned if I say no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's like really. Yeah. Can you say more? Bring us in. I hear the, I hear the, the phrase, but. Okay. So, but I'll tell maybe this will make it clear, but <laughs> the story that kind of keeps going through my head is back in, in our old church, I was voted in as a leader of a, um, well, the sewing circle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I knew that it wasn't the right spot for me. Um, I just had a baby and I knew that I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to do well there. And that's where I, I said no. And I had a very clear message come through. Like you say yes now. From so, Jack? Yes, from Jack. Mm-hmm. And so I, I didn't have an option and I knew it wasn't going to the yes wasn't going to be good for us, but neither was the no. And he, I know that he said it from a position of staying in the tribe. That's, that's where we lived from in those days, but it's just making, for me, it's making connecting these dots now. Mm-hmm. So what I hear then is this this part of you that says, be careful with that yes. Mm, you might get damned. You might get your finger wagged. Might just be easier to, I mean, excuse me, be careful with that no. Um, you may get in trouble. You may get a, your finger wagged. You may lose your husband. You may lose your tribe. That part has not caught up to 2020. <laughs> I don't, when you say, when you, when you look at Jackie, you say, and I know that that's not, I know your heart. And I know that you were doing that because of the tribe. I hear you toggle into adult there. I hear a difference there. I hear, I hear this, this little bit, a little bit of a, it's a protector. And it's funny because it's like a sassy protector that's sassing you to stay in line. (laughs) It's like. That's how it's coming to me. I may have this totally wrong, but it's like, damned if you do and damned if you don't. I know I'm not supposed to curse, but that's the plan. You know, like kind of this sassy, keep you in line person. I don't know. (laughs) She doesn't know Jack, the Jack of now is how I'm hearing it. Jack is nodding. Jill looks incredulous. I like it. But I agree. Okay. So say more. Well, that really lands that, that, that part of me. And I I don't have the right name for her, but that part of that part of me hasn't accepted Jack. Hasn't trusted him mm-hmm. in his changed role. Mm-hmm. 
and is still always <laughs> um, digging in heels, digging in her heels because because it's unsafe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, do you have any picture of a? Is are you getting any picture or personification of this part? And I know that we're talking about things that happened in your adulthood, but you know, these parts generally are don't, they're generally not born of adulthood type of things. They're, you know, it's generally this like stay in line, do what you're supposed to do. Keep, keep your, keep your mouth shut and your head down. That, that, that messaging, my guess is came, came way before the sewing circle when you were a new mom or she wouldn't have been so versed at keeping you in line as an adult. Do you have connection to her as a, as a way that she kept you in line growing up? And it's okay to say, no, I know I just bounced you from a very clear story to the way beyond. I I don't know yet how clear I, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me just, um, let me, pin that as a journaling thing or a place for deeper, for deeper exploration for you. Um, because I also want to shift over and toast Jack's buns a little bit here too. But, um, I, I feel like that, that, that place of you being able to align with that part of you. And again, I I just got this great image of this, like, sassy like little cowgirl almost I don't know where this came from but like this sassy little cowgirl that's like telling you how to stay in line but she's doing it with sass that's just what came to me but I'd love for you to do some work on kind of personifying to understand and in my mind she's like a little sassy like eight nine-year-old girl is what's coming to my mind but for you to be able to identify with that part because she wouldn't have her heels dug in if she weren't scared, right? We don't dig our heels in and get stubborn and get in our own way for fun or when we're feeling joyful and safe. So there's some fear and you're saying it doesn't feel safe. That, that, that smacks of fear as well. And so then I'm having this image of adult Jill, you know, strong, blossoming, confident, amazing mother going back and helping this younger part understand like you would with your kids who are like, I just don't understand why you said yes to that, that man at the grocery store when I know you wanted to say no. Yeah. I think you, I think you read my number (laughs) when you talk about the SAS, I I'm, I'm tracking with you and I'll be, journaling on that all because when you talk about the sassy which is kind of ironic and cool that your adaptive child protector would still be sassy like that says so much about the level of your sass the depth of your sass (laughs) when you said sassy little cowgirl I literally there I connected to my 13 year old self like Mm. that was me I was Miss Bravado Mm. bigger tougher stronger sassier than any guy in my field. And I was, I was, I literally was a a little cowgirl and my sass, my tongue is what kept me safe. So there I really, I mean that I really connect with. And when I, 
I connect to that all. Okay. Deeply. Okay. So that's a, that's a, some place for you to do some, but, and the personifying really for me is about being able to, uh, for me, it's helpful to personify the characters or parts within me so that I can imagine adult me with all the resources, all the way I can see the world. Now I have a, a part to speak to. And the more I personify that part, the more I understand what her motives were, what were her fears were, what, what made her, what kept her from feeling safe so I can address them more clearly. And for my, for clients like you that are, that are parents that put a lot of time and energy and intentionality into their parenting, you've already got to, we don't have to recreate the wheel. You know, all you got to do is picture whichever child is the most like that sass part of you and how you would speak to him or her. And we've already got the plot. We've already got the script and the platform, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So. Let's steal for prayer. What's that? Let's steal for prayer. What does that mean? <laughs> I feel like I'm fixing to be on the hot seat. <laughs> it's time to move on. <laughs> She's like, just bring, bring me to the altar. Let's do this. <laughs> Uh, so Jack, do you, one of the things I've always appreciated about working with you is that you are so willing to look in hard mirrors. You do not, you are confident in what you're, what you are good at and what you work hard at. And you are very, because of that confidence, I think it's very easy for you and you're very willing to look at your shadow. So I'm going to ask you to look into that and let me, let us know ways that it might, that you've made it difficult. Not then, but in even now, like as you've made this conscious choice to change and to, that you want this equality in your relationship and you want to, you want um, Jill to stand beside you. Are there ways that you have not made it easy for her to do that? Not made it feel safe to do that. Absolutely. Um, That's such a fine line between, you know, as we look, we use the the third entity, our relationship as a, as a tool. Um, But that, that fine line between what I want (laughs) and also I'm a great salesman. Mm -hmm. Um, and no one, you know, there's, there's times that I know that, that I can sell Jill on something or that I want to sell her on something Mm -hmm. when actually it's more about my, man, these words aren't, I don't like the way these words are coming out by my own selfish desires or wants. Mm-hmm. which I know that I'm worthy of those. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm worthy of asking for what I want, what I need. Yes. Um, but it's, but there's also the part of it. Um, yeah. Where, where it's, where it's probably not the best. I almost um, was wondering kind of like in that. Yes. I love that you say that you're worthy of asking of, of having of desires and wants and worthy of asking for those is this where you're going that maybe it was that there have been times where you've 
the word manipulation is coming to my mind, uh, like a bit, although manipulation definitely in my mind, you, there's a conscious desire to affect the outcome to your favor, even if it potentially hurts the other person. See, yeah, I come from a long line of manipulators mm-hmm. and it's just, it's, that's, that's a very comfortable part for me of, of manipulating uh, people or events to get what I want. So yeah, there's, there's that. Um, and also I would say what the, the part that has helped me put boundaries or um, yeah, uh, yeah, boundaries or just a healthy, a healthy way to look at that is that it's helped me to dig into what I truly really want. And if I look at this non-monogamy journey, if I look at it as doing it, you know, that, that Jill isn't into it, um, you know, which, which we've, I feel like since our last episode with, with, uh, Ben and Emma, we faced some of this stuff. We took it, we took a really hard look at it, took a step back from the lifestyle, all this stuff. Um, and you know, I, I really had to dig into, okay, is this, is this something that I am going to do no matter what, no matter if it, if it ends my relationship with Jill, whatever, Mm -hmm. but what I've, what I've had to dig or what I've got to dig down into is that it's about connection with, with Jill. It's about having these epic adventures and high fiving each other and laughing our asses off because we're having so much fun. That's that connection. That's what I'm in it for. And that's a great mirror for me to look into, which I'm not going to get that if I manipulate, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to have, she's going to be resentful because I sure would. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be that stony ride home. It's going to be that cold ride home Mm -hmm. from an event, which Mm -hmm. we've had enough of those. (laughs) Okay. So, so being able to, you know, and manipulation is such a hard one because it really, the only, really the only person that can know for sure is the person like in this, in this uh, situation would be you Jack to say, is my, is my side of the street clean? You know, am I, am I walking over to her side of the street and trying to make it happen? Or am I doing it for reasons that aren't in service to the relationship? Or am I, am I, am I thinking a, but I think she'll like B better. So I sell B because I'm pretty sure we can throw A into it. Well, I can't wait to listen to that. That sounds like a great one to use. I hadn't thought of that one. (laughs) You're a mess. Um, So remembering, so I really love how you say that, that you realize if connection is your ultimate uh, connection with Jill and that the epic adventure feeling is your number one goal, manipulating is not going to get you that goal and that you're using that as a, as a litmus and kind of like your touch point to come back to. Okay. Something else I wanted to come back to, uh, this is actually something, um, Jill, that you said, but I think we, I think I would like for you both to play with this a bit. Um, Jill, when you talk, when I asked you about the fear of, of giving yourself permission to step up and there was that, um, I, I jumped in on, on the smaller, uh, smaller decisions, but there was also, there were a couple other things in there 
the failure, if, if the decision goes poorly, then you're a failure because you made the decision. You touched on it. What does failure mean? Or, you know, that's pretty black and white that you've failed at something if it didn't go well. And it sounds like you're already doing some challenging about how finite the word failure is. But I'm interested in how it feels like it went from Jack making the decision to now you feeling like the burden is on you solely to make the decision. And so if it doesn't go well, that you are the one that has to sit with the quote failure or the consequences. So I'm kind of wondering if that neither one of you have heard that or felt that pendulum swing, or there's some idea that it's got to now be the other way to balance, or if this is, if there's a way to make this more of a, a shared decision. And not like, Jack. So I think that's a great reminder not to, not to do that. Like, okay. So, so Jack has done this for, 19 years and now it's Jill's turn or something like that. I feel like we've done a lot of work around that, that like it's called communication. It's called using each other's strengths and using our voices and coming to something, coming to a decision together and, and me not, being well fine you know i made the decision for 19 years now it's your turn Mm -hmm. like that that doesn't feel good well no i and i hear you on that but i think what i'm hearing from you Catherine, also um really tweaks me on this part of um subconsciously thinking that subconsciously taking that responsibility when it isn't even mine to take Mm -hmm. Because when I think, I mean, I sure know I've grappled with, you know, so now we're talking about decisions and whether the responsibility of the failure rests solely on Jack or rests on me. Like when I think about starting to become a, a part of, I, I know this sounds goofy, but I have, I have felt that pendulum swing in the in the financial area, like, well, <laughs> if I'm going to start making money, like, should I support the householder? Should I support Jack? Like ha- feeling that pendulum swing. So I think when you say that about the decision and the failure, that is something I have completely laid on myself. Mm. Which also goes back from what I hear to some of the burden of being the break. You know, it's like, it's your, you know, kind of this responsibility or your job to make sure that, um, there's like a groundedness between like, and again, I don't know if that comes from the the vows that you take, but I know in some of the gas and break conversation we've had before, you know, Jack will always be out there dreaming and scheming and coming up with the next new thing. And then you're the one that is going to say, Ooh, easy there. Oh, what about this? Is this going to serve us? Is that safe? And, and kind of like, in some ways that that you've already had a bit of that burden of the responsibility. And so it's like, if you've had that burden and now we're asking you to step up and take another burden of responsibility, that could be a reason why you wouldn't want to step up. Like I already got this burden of responsibility. I don't have room on my shoulders for more. They're nodding. 
Oh my God, they're going to use their words in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That Does that land for you? Jill? Oh, yeah, big time. Okay. So that gives me a peek into... into <laughs> I may just keep my screensaver for a while patience is power <laughs> because like so here's the thing my position in this I come from the fucking patriarchy I guess pretty it's it's actually a pretty sweet gig in a lot of ways I mean it's it yeah there's there's payoffs there's and there's you know there's lack of connection and things like that but you know, it, it, I'm not going to lie. It feels good to make the decisions. It feels good to, to say this is the way it's going to be, and it's the way that it is. Mm. Like, I, think, there. I think that's the that's my biggest thing is being able to give up that. Mm freely knowing that there's connection on the other side of it. So there's a, when I was asking you ways that it might've been, you might be getting in the way of or making it hard for Jill to step up into this role. I think it's really great that you acknowledge that there are parts of this that feel really good to you and that you may need to do some grieve, grieving back to our, our theme with Bill grieving around, like, you've decided it's worth it. The connection is worth it. You want this, but that there, you may be doing some, some subconscious pushing back. Mm. If you aren't really looking at again, how it served you and admitting that this is something you'll have to let go of. Like, that's a really important, that could be a really important step for you going back to the beginning with the podcast that I'm blanking on the psychologist's name about being able to really look at how something served us before we let it go. Jill, how did that land for you? This idea of make, maybe you don't want to step up. Maybe one of the things that has kept you from doing stepping up is adding more burden to what already feels like a lot of burden to you. Um, Yeah. That's a really big one. Well, now when you when you put it into words like that, because um, that is where a lot of my resentment lies. Is as the submissive wife, like we carry a lot on our shoulders, a lot. Um, and now if I'm going to, if I'm going to step up beside Jack, does that mean that everything I've carried stays there plus more? That's really, really big for me because I've sensed a lot of growing resentment, like around, around that. And just because I haven't known how to communicate, like how do we shift out of, like we were talking at the beginning of the conversation, how do we shift out of these roles that we are so good at? Like we have generations of power behind us in, you know, Jack being the financial 
push and me being the the hostess and the homemaker and and the mother and the nurturer and the caregiver and all that good stuff. And then when I think about stepping into the responsibility of, yeah, of, of an equal with Jack, that looks, it actually looks really heavy. Mm -hmm. That doesn't sound like something I'd be running to jump into if that's how it felt, you know, and you being able to maybe put these words of, and this feeling of heaviness, I think that, you know, here we are coming up on our time. That's a very rich and fertile place for you guys to come in about how to do this in a way that it feels like you are lessening your burdens instead of adding to for both of you. I mean, you know, Jack, again, like so super brave to get on here and say, you know what? Sometimes the patriarchy is awesome. (laughs) Nobody, nobody in this crowd says that. Right. And he's like, I'm not going to lie. There are things that are great. That's so important and brave for you to admit that and realize that as you all go into this, there will be some different types of burdens on you and to be fully eyes wide open, ready for that so that you're making sure you're not subconsciously pushing that. And Jill, for you to be able to say like, maybe part of what is keeping me from wanting to do this is I'm already feeling heavy. I don't want to add more weight. We talked about in our, our um, previous conversation about this idea of unconscious commitment. So I just want to speak to this for a second before we wrap up. Um, Remember I kind of pinged this lizard brain wanting to stay with the old ways because it served you and kept you from being voted out of the tribe. And just like we need to be able to really acknowledge how the things we say we want to get rid of aren't serving us so that we can look at them and thank them and acknowledge how they helped the, helped us and then let them move on. It's really important. It's similar, but it, these unconscious commitments we have. So for instance, I love this example. And again, I'll, I'll put a podcast in that, that punctuates this and tells this story better than I will. But imagine if you have a conscious adult decision that you want to um, get in better shape, you want to exercise and get fit. And so you get a treadmill and you put it in your house and you use it a couple of times and then it becomes a great clothing rack as treadmills often do. What's going on there? In terms of unconscious commitments and lizard brain, Lizard brain wants us to only run when we have to toward food or away from being food, becoming food, right? And so unless we are running for food or running away from something chasing us, lizard brain wants us to sit in the sun and and preserve resources. Now you have told lizard, you know what? I'm going to jump on this heap of plastic and I'm going to run and not even move. I'm going to run in place. The lizard's like, hell no, you aren't. <laughs> that <is> dumb. <laughs> nope. <laughs> there are no mangoes in front of you that you were reaching for, and there are no lions behind you. You ain't getting on that thing. <laughs> and so I love this idea where if we're not acknowledging the unconscious commitment to preserve resources, then we're not going to have the tools we need to overcome it and get on the treadmill. 
right? So if we, if we realize that our body is going to try to keep us still, then when you're sitting there drinking your coffee and you've got your workout clothes on and you're like, I don't want to get on that thing. Then you can hear that as your lizard. And you can be like, oh, you said a cute little lizard. Watch me get on that treadmill. <laughs> okay. So this is an example. Uh, that's that in the morning. What's that? I'm going to use that in the morning. <laughs> um, I want, so I'm going to, again, I'm going to give you this podcast <clears throat> to, to listen to, to think about, I think it could be another great exercise for you to, for the two of you individually and maybe together to see if there are any unconscious commitments that we might be able to raise the consciousness level on. So if there is an unconscious commitment to staying in the tribe, which definitely there's always an unconscious commitment to staying in the tribe, your lizard may not realize that you left that tribe. These parts of our brains, the, the lizard, the amygdala, they are not in and of linear time. Right. When you have a, when you have a moment, I was just listening to this wonderful, um, training about trauma work with couples today, uh, Terry real. And they were pointing out that when, when we are activated in the lizard brain or the amygdala, we are not remembering those parts of the brain believe it is happening yeah. up here in the front of our brain. The smart part of our brain remembers something happening. And then the, downstairs of the brain it is happening again yeah and so that's why i do this personification of the parts or we talk about the, the upstairs of the brain and the lizard brain so that we have some way to before we're completely flipped for the front of the brain to say oh lizard's trying to keep me still to protect me so that i'll have plenty of energy when the lion comes that is awesome that my brain does that hey guess what dude we don't even live in lion country. So I need to get on this thing so I can stay in good shape in case I go to Africa and I need to run from a lion. Cool. I fight with the little lizard and you get on the treadmill. For the tribe piece, you know, when we're talking about this little sassy part of you, not realizing that it's 2020, that, that Jack has made a commitment to being a different partner to you now that you all have entered into adulting 2.0, that you have let go of a framework that you've decided doesn't serve you in all these ways. She still thinks it does. You need to introduce her to your new framework. So when you ask that question about like, what's keeping me from doing what I say I want to do, those, these are the things that, that came to me immediately. And as we're picking this apart, it definitely feels right that there are, when I go see my counselor, um, I'll try to explain this for the people listening. I put my hand right in front of my face on my nose and I'm like, Hey Tom, I can't find my hand anywhere. Have you seen it? And I'm like looking everywhere. And it's, it's like, it's just so right there that we can't see what's holding us back. But I feel like you guys did some good digging on what that might be. Yep. Yes. It's more to do. Um, Real quick, let's go ahead and do some takeaways before we shift over and let you guys get off the hot seat and get some feedback. So I think my one of my takeaways was just like the value that like it, it wasn't in a vacuum that I did these things. Like there was there was a value to them and I can reparent myself 
I'm going to use adult chair language in that, but, um, you know, and in the patriarchy and all that, but like to find the value in what that was. And also then, you know, so yeah, the, like, and I wanted to be clear, I did say that there were good parts to the patriarchy. The, the downside of all that was lack of connection because I, it's my belief you can't have connection with the hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Okay, but again, adult 2020 Jack prefrontal cortex is committed to connection. I don't think that downstairs lizard right. Jack is on board with that. Like, what? Right. Connect with what? You know, like, <laughs> wait, how about that roast beef? Yeah. <laughs> downstairs Jack sees that sweet looking <laughs> lizard over there in the corner. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right. With the, with the very cute tail colors. <laughs> All right, awesome. How about for you, Jill? <laughs> um, so my biggest takeaway, I think, is... I'm my subconscious, my is I'm, I'm the one standing in my own way. And when you talk about it being the lizard brain, like it's the lizard brain standing. That's still got the, the door barred refusing to let me fully step into this equality of relationship that Jack and I are, are busy creating and doing a, fantastic job of but so many other areas too like um there's a lot it's a lot to chew on here for the next couple days Mm -hmm. does that make sense it absolutely does i'm going to throw out one that i had too that i didn't hear either one of you say that i think feels important is you talk about stepping into this um this equal relationship i still hear some work that needs to be done to for for to be sure that it that stepping into this equal relationship is in your best interest, because if it's still, if you're still worried that it's going to add more burden, Mm. that's another reason you wouldn't be stepping in. So it's like, I don't hear that this quote equal relationship model is, is, is as fleshed out maybe as it needs to be to create the safety for your parts to say, yeah, cool. Jump into that ring. Like they're like, yeah, why would we get out of this frying pan into the flame is a little bit how I'm hearing it. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. All right. Thank you guys for riding with me. Always such good sports. Um, Let's um, go over to um, our top row of the bleachers and hear some feedback. Again, I'll remind everybody to um, avoid advice, platitudes when possible. (laughs) And um, (laughs) um, try to give feedback about how this story, what we went through, the points that we made affected you. Um, share away. So, you know, first of all, thank you for sharing. All of that was, um, was, was interesting to listen to. There was a lot, I think, for both of us that we could relate to. Um, but also, you know, knowing your story a little bit and the, um, the, the space and the place that you've come from. Um, it's, it's exciting to hear you talk about these things because they're challenging for all of us. Um, and you've got, you've got a lot to carry. Um, you know, those spoken and unspoken commitments that, that really rang, um, and the need to sort of constantly renegotiate the relationship and be communicating. Um, 
that sort of how your subconscious is affecting both of you. Um, it, was, it was a lot there, and it, I, it, was, it was really nice to hear. Thank you. Right, David, thank you. Um, again, thank you for sharing and um, just being vulnerable and and talking about the struggles that you're going through. Um, and they resonated for me. Um, you know, having I also have a religious background, and so kind of always having this multiple um, dimensions of your of yourself and and trying to weigh them all you know used to hate the word balance (laughs) i've come to uh, love it in the last year or two um but you know uh jill as you are sitting there talking about uh just you know using your your voice and I, i say often we we fought for so long for women to have a voice that, you know, now we have to teach them how to speak up. And you know, not that we don't know how, but we were, it's just, I guess, kind of finding that confidence and, and trying to calm your voice of keeping your family happy and keeping your partner happy and keeping, you know, everyone happy except for, you know, your, yourself kind of first. Um, and that's hard. So thank you for sharing that struggles and, um, and, and Jack to just hear how, how willing and supportive you are to, to be there through that journey. But um, I know that comes with frustrations as well. So right. keep up the, the, the good point. Mm-hmm. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Thank you, Amanda and David. So the first thing I just, uh, thanks for sharing. So just a second, this is Bill and Felice. So thanks, Jack and Jill, for, for sharing so openly about what they're struggling with. Um, listening to you just really stirred us up. There was there were so many so many feelings and thoughts. First, about the whole nature of the marriage and the vows and the way that that things are constructed with us. And you know, we were having just all of these thoughts going on between us during this, during your sharing with us. Um, we thought about how we've gone through many of the same sort of struggles, uh, in some different ways. And then there was the personal aspects. You know, I'd say personally, I really connected with what Jill had to say, just because I think I have some of the same characteristics that she talked about. And it, I, I could feel the struggle there. Um, could you Jack, share, uh, Bill, do you mind sharing any, maybe one of the characteristics that resonated with you? Uh, the people pleaser, mm-hmm. the people pleasing aspect and how that impacts the relationship and impacts the marriage is, is huge. And it was like a light bulb went off over my head in the middle of, of what Jill was sharing. Um, and at the same time, when Jack talked about being a manipulator, I mean, that mission was so brave mm-hmm. and so, so great for for him to say and 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 what that dynamic is you know the two of us were just chattering about oh my god (laughs) that's really like that's really like means a lot in our dynamic and something for us to think about and chew on Mm -hmm. in the days to come uh so I'll, i'll close by just saying thank you so much you've given you know you've given of yourself and uh you've given us a lot to think about so thank you. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for letting me push you a little bit. Yeah, the um, uh, Jill, I really resonated with the permission to be an equal 
I really, um, that really resonated with me. Um, more not in our marriage, but at work, because I, um, you know, I, I, I want to be an equal and I want, but it's, it can be a difficult, um, and then there was something that Jill said that she's at war. And that was an interesting word that she used. And um, maybe at another time, I'd like to explore that a little more because I do have that. And um, with Jack, the manipulator to get what you want really, really resonated with me. I'm, I'm that person. And, uh, um, and yeah. I need to be more um, aware, but yes, thank you. And I, I loved your podcast. It was very brave and really respected that. Felice, do you mind saying that bit about um, the going to war? I heard you, but I think maybe the listeners might have had a trouble. Oh, I'm sorry. Jill said something about going to war with herself or something to that. And I wanted to know more about that. Maybe at a later date, but that I have those same issues. Like I feel sometimes that I'm at war with myself on on certain things that are going on in our relationship and and at work too, you know. And uh, and it's like I want to do one thing and I want to, but I don't want to do another. And uh, you know. And anyway, that um, that really. Um, resonated with me. Thank you. Wonderful feedback. And that might be a at war with yourself. Like that might be a great um, topic for you guys to explore some in our MeWe chat. Um, listeners, we have a, when we do these groups, we have a MeWe chat where um, we can post ideas and thoughts and, and share them. So that might be an interesting uh, way to continue that conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, um, I'm just going to start by saying that we couldn't hear Amanda and David. So if we say the exact same thing, we're sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. You guys could all hear them, but we couldn't. So I apologize. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so Laura and Casey here, I'll, I'll start. Um, first off, thank you so much. I mean, pretty much your whole sharing just felt like so similar <laughs> to what I feel like we've been going through. It just feels very similar to me. I, I don't know if Casey would agree, but it feels um, like we're going through some of the same challenges with maybe one or the other one of us trying to step into different roles that we haven't built into our relationship this whole time. So kind of changing those just feels hard and I can really relate to that. The other part that I could definitely relate to was you, Jack, when you said kind of when you dug deep and kind of figured out what brought you to this, what is making you want to do this with Jill and that it was truly the connection and the fact that like you wanted adventures with her and you wanted that high five feeling and you wanted to have like a connection with her. That just felt so much like my meaning also um, for being kind of in this non-monogamy journey with my AC and I just but I don't know it just felt really really connecting so thank you um and then 
for you, Jill, I feel the same as what Felice said. Sometimes I feel internal, like a struggle internally at war that just felt very like it hit home to me. So, um, it actually like kind of made my stomach hurt for a second. Cause it just felt so real. So like, man, I am also at war with things that I maybe want, but I don't know how to get there and I don't know how to change from where I've been. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you, Casey. That was lovely to hear how it, how it's so closely lined up with you. Oh, excuse me. And Laura, uh, I've got your names wrong underneath your, underneath your name, underneath your faces. Thank you, Laura, for that. Casey, what have you, what do you want to share? Um, yeah, first off, you know, again, like everybody else, it's, it's really, it's amazing to watch how vulnerable you two can be, um, in the podcast and everything. Um, like Laura said, a lot of that really does ring true. Um, are, are just, you know, really does feel like we have a lot of similarities. Um, at first it was harder for me to see. I, I, I am someone who in my head, at least I'm very, everybody is equal. It doesn't matter if you're big or small or whatever. Um, we all have our strengths. We all have things that we're good at. Um, so I was kind of having a hard time relate, but then, you know, some of the things, Jack, that you said, um, you know, it feels good to make decisions. It feels feels good to be in charge. Um, it feels, uh, yeah, it just feels good to have people there for you to do what you need them to do. Um, and, and unquestioning, um, to have that kind of, of person around, it, it, it does, it feels good. And it's hard to... Um, you know, not try to, or, or it's hard to, to go away from that dynamic when it's so entrenched in every, you know, it, you know, we, I didn't grow up in a religious background or anything, but I can only imagine where your background, it feels like it, that is something that, you know, you eat, you sleep, you poop and you, you control your woman, um, type mentality. And to see, like, you know, you guys are navigating this non-monogamy thing, which is, like, so many people are like, that is just insane. You guys seem, you know, you guys have done that, and you've made it work. Um, but something you are having to go back and work on is this is this so rudimentary marriage dynamic. And, and I, you know, the non-monogamy is hard, and, and, and there's issues but they can be dealt with. Whereas these are so entrenched and when they are so entrenched it is so much work. Um, and, and really, I guess that's my takeaway is, is how much work all these things that have been ingrained and told to us for our entire lives to change that all of a sudden and to have the, the, the bravery to want to change that is, is really powerful. Thank you, Thank you guys again for sharing. Thank you, Laura. No, I'm just kidding. I knew you're not, I know you're not Laura. Laura. <laughs> Thank you, Casey. That was great. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. All right. Finn and Emma. So I'm going to start too by thanking Jack and Jill for being vulnerable and sharing, of course, as always, um, watching you two, you know, one benefit we have is that we can see you and the listeners to the podcast cannot, but the connection and the love between you two is very obvious. And that like, as you're working through and thinking through and reflecting on these really hard things, it was obvious that 
there was a solid connection between you two. And I just wanted to comment on that because I think it's beautiful. Um, Jill, you said a few things that I can really like kind of relate to and, and made me really think about as well. Um, the damned if I do and damned if I don't. I think sometimes I could relate to that mostly in my internal struggles though. It's like my indecisiveness sometimes kind of comes out in those, in that phrase in my head. And it's ridiculous because I'm in charge of making that decision. But sometimes I, I can, I can just relate to what you said. So, um, thank you for sharing that. And also the fact that it can be scary to give yourself permission not to deflect and to, to come up and be at an equal playing field, because if there's a mistake made, you are, you can be, might be a failure or might fail at something. And that's terrifying. And I, I can relate to that as well. Um, just that thought of like, if I put myself out there and if I make this decision, what if, what if, what if, what if it's, it's easy to go down that road. So thank you for sharing all of that. And Jack, I also just loved what you said about what you like after reflecting and growing and thinking, determine like what you want out of non-monogamy is that connection with Jill. And I think ultimately a lot of people want that too. And I think that um, it was powerful to share that. So thank you both. And yeah, it was just amazing to listen. Thanks. Emma. How about you? Yeah. So a lot of things, uh, first, <laughs> first, thank you. Um, and I would say that we're both kind of coming off of a shit day. And so this was sort of something we needed. Yeah, for sure. And I think the thing that's really, you know, it's, it's hard to stare it in the face, right? That a lot of the dynamics that you two have that were ingrained in you from a religious upbringing are things that we struggle with and that we actively in our wedding vows wrote them. So they didn't include any of that. Like we, we wrote them ourselves and we made sure that none of that was in there. So I think the, the thing that like, <laughs> I really relate with Jack on and I think it, and I, I don't know, like trying to put this in a way that it makes sense. Cause it's, it's sort of this, like it's, it's not even about the religious thing. It's like, he has a drive to go and do everything better. He said it early on, I'll be happy if, so there's, there's something else he's always striving for that. The thing he's doing isn't making him as happy as the next thing could. And so he's, he's constantly foot on the gas pedal. And I think that's an intimidating person to be partnered with, especially if you have been taught like not to question that. And, and, you know, Emma and I didn't have that, but you learn it anyways, if you're constantly going up against that. But at the same time, like, you know, Jack gets to a point and I'm again, projecting because, because this is sort of where I come in is like, like, I don't want to always be the one making every damn decision in this relationship. And so like put your foot on the gas pedal and let's drive the car together. But at the same time, like it's scary as shit if you haven't been the one to put your foot on the gas pedal for 19 years. So like, it's, I don't know. 
it's like you you want you don't want that thing that your partner's doing, but the things that you are ingrained to do, which is just go go go, because you have you feel this responsibility, right? Like Jill says, well, it's easy because I can duck out if if Jack fucks up the financial decision, not my problem. He fucked it up, not me. So there's a lot of pressure on Jack to be like, well, I have to find the next best thing because this month we made $500. Next month we better make $700. And the month after we better make $900. So there's a lot of pressure on him to be constantly one-upping if if Jill isn't also helping one-up together. So it's just like a shitty, vicious cycle that feeds into itself. And so, yeah, I related to a lot of what you said, even though we didn't come from the religious background of it. Mm-hmm. So thanks for sharing and for putting it out there on a tough day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for um, being uh, so engaged Finn, to let it touch your emotions like it did. That was really powerful to see. And um, I also thought it was cool to hear it can be easy to get lost in Jack and Jill's religious story, you know, in their, in the podcast. I know I was listening to that, but it is so such a good reminder that it isn't, there's so many of these um, dynamics that happen for even those of us that weren't raised in, in such, with such strict overt um, expectations that we can still fall into these, into these roles. So Finn, I appreciated you bringing that that to the surface too. And I think Casey, you brought that up too. Whew, wow. Okay. Um, sometimes the feedback round is it's the emotions rolling even more than the hot seat. Um, so Jack and well, Hey, you wouldn't, you wouldn't let me give any platitudes. So that's your fault. <laughs> that's great. See what happens when I take your platitudes away. We get some, we get some fin emotion. I'm like, my heart's beating out of my chest over here. It's right? so great. Right? Yep. Wow. Oh, take the platitudes away. All right. So, um, Jack and Jill, we're going to come back to you to wrap us up. Um, would love to hear from both of you what it was like to be on the hot seat, um, this time, or if you want to talk about it, how it was the first time since you guys are the experienced ones of the group. Um, I don't know if we mentioned that, that Jack and Jill were in my, my previous power of witness group. So share that, what it was like. And then also please, um, each respond to, the feedback that you received, how that felt. Um, the hot seat both times has been incredibly enlightening. I don't know. I guess, you know, just imagine sitting on a burner and just lighting your whole self up. That's sort of a lot gets, you get just burned through a lot in a very short time. And it's amazing. I would definitely recommend hot seating for everybody because <laughs> it's very, very uncomfortable, but very beneficial. Um, thank you everyone for the feedback. It's always so amazing to hear our own words turned back at us in, in your, in your vocabulary, in your experiences. And it gives more insight. Um, Finn, <laughs> I just got a picture when you shared, like we girls are, or those of us who've been on the break, we're over here scrambling, grabbing for the gas pedal and shoving the brake at our partners. 
And then I just get this vision of like, it's no wonder our vehicles aren't driving very smoothly. Cause I'm over here going like, I don't know what the hell to do with this gas pedal. And he's over here. Like, when do I, when do I stomp this thing? Like, when does this thing work real well? Like, we're just not, and I, you just gave such a great picture of that. So thank you. <laughs> I don't know. It was clearer than I'd seen it yet. This crazy swap up of of machinery that <laughs> neither of us are used to driving this way so thanks jill before actually jack before you go I, that is such a good point that um what there's so much this that is such a good way to put um a sentence to the power of feedback to be able to hear your experience in other people's words and through their lens and then it reflecting back and you getting this whole extra set of insight from your original words that is that layer of um, thank you for crystallizing that. I, I have not had words for the power of that piece. And thank you. Mm. All right, Jack. Well, yeah. Thank you all for your feedback. I, my dear Jill here has a lot better way with words than I do. Oh, um, I don't know about that, <laughs> but no, it like it does. It, it, it makes me like, I feel heard. That, that that's what came up for me in the first power of witness. And that's what comes up for me now is I feel heard. I feel seen. Um, and that's important to me. And I feel, you know, and yeah, like that, that connection aspect, that connection aspect isn't just with Jill. Like it's, I am all about tribe. I'm all about the tribe that I choose and y'all are my tribe. So <laughs> Any any thoughts about being on the hot seat? Anything you want to share about that? Well, so the first time that I did it, that we did it, what was that? A couple months ago. I mean, I'm just sitting there in my head going like, like just proverbially beating my head with my hand going, this is so dumb. Like, we, why are we even married? Why are we even doing this non-monogamy thing? Like we're, we suck at this and all that. And, and it didn't feel that way this time, but you know, it is, it's, it's uncomfortable at times to, to let that, that mask down. And, but it's, that's where the, that's where the sweetness is to, to let the mask down and to learn more about myself and about us. So, well, and I remember you saying that you felt like, God, our relationship sucks. Why are we married? We shouldn't be in non-monogamy. And then do you remember what the feedback was, what everybody said yeah. in the feedback? Yeah, They're like, Oh, you guys are so sweet. And you've got such an amazing connection. And I'm just sitting there like, Oh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's the beauty of the top row of the bleachers. When you're down in there with the, the football gear and you're sweating and you're snotting and you're banging into things. And up here, it looks like you know exactly what you're doing and you're playing the game beautifully. So there's the power of the top row of the bleachers. So great. All right. Thank you all so much for hanging in um, a little longer than normal, um, but some good juicy stuff. And we'll look forward to um, hot seat. Let's see. Who have we got next? Amanda and David, I believe. Yes. Yes. Amanda and David. All right. So we will um, have you on the hot seat next. Thank you all. And we're back. Thank you so much to Jack and Jill and Catherine and all of the people that are part of this Power Witness program. We know that this is not an easy thing to do. And we're incredibly appreciative that you were willing to come on and be vulnerable and share with us. So thank you so much. And uh, th this is the episode three. We'll have episode four coming out next Friday. And that's going to be with David and Amanda.
of episode 53. Yes, they were on episode 53 of our show. It's helpful to go back and listen to that if you have a chance between now and next Friday, but if you don't, it's not required. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add, Catherine? Thanks so much, and let's jump in for the next one. Okay, bye everyone. Thanks for listening.